Well, hello there. I'm Karen Sander. You are listening to Aging Fearlessly, a program for the over 50s, those uniquely wonderful baby boomers. My aim is to educate, motivate and inspire you to embrace the exciting journey of life for decades to come. So stay tuned to meet a variety of guests who will share their stories and passions to help us gain insight into the ways to live a happier, healthier life. Well, welcome to today's program. My guest today is a fellow from England called Steve Hill. Steve spent most of his early years in London. He visited Australia in 1988 and became a permanent resident shortly afterwards. Since then, he's divided his time between the UK and Australia, with plenty of visits to other countries in between. He enjoys travelling especially to new places, and he tries to keep fit by walking, cycling, skating, and skiing. So welcome, Steve. Thank you, Karen. It's very good to be here with you today on this beautiful day. Yes, it is a lovely day today. And Steve, the reason I've asked you into the studio today is because you are a retired dentist. You retired five years ago. And how you spend your time as a retired dentist really intrigues me. Well, <laughs> thank you, Karen. Um, yeah, I, I don't really think of myself as a dentist first. I think of myself as a retired person first, who just happens to have drifted back into doing a bit of work. And um, because I really know how to do anything else, I went back to the job that I was doing um, for 30 years, albeit in a rather different way. It's, uh, well, so part of the reason that I asked you to come here to speak to the Northern Beaches listeners today is because there are so many th- great things to do when you retire, including some part-time work and some interesting part-time work for non-for-profit. So tell me about one of the non-for-profits you work for. Well, for, uh, just to sort of uh, retrace what happened really when I retired, which was actually five, getting on for six years ago now, um, at the time, I really didn't want to do any more work and I swore that I would never work again. And I was just spending all my time traveling um, enjoying myself. I really do like um, exercise and cycling and walking and I love the countryside. I love being out in the outback in Australia. I love national parks. I just love exploring. I love getting around, meeting new people. Um, but there were times when I felt as though I should be doing something vaguely useful. And uh, somebody suggested doing some voluntary work. And Voluntary work's a really great thing, and I think a lot of retirees and the over 50s look at doing some voluntary work as part of the opportunity to give back to others. So, the one of the places you do work for is? Um, well, I started working, um, found an opportunity to um, work with a, a charity called Filling the Gap, uh, who uh, at, at the time were based in Sydney. And they were looking for um, dentists and other healthcare staff to um, go to a, a number of different places. Um, the one that they ended up sending me to was just outside Darwin, uh, a suburb called Palmerston. 
Mm, so filling the gap, that's a great name, isn't it? That's a bit of a, you know, play on words, mm, yeah? Ab- absolutely right, yes. Mm, and, of, and of course, there's a, um, a, a, a closing the gap is a, a big initiative to close the gap with Aboriginal health, and that's a sort of a, a huge, big uh, national program. So filling the gap was really just a take on that. Mm. So that was, you say, how long ago? That was four years ago, just over four years ago. And how did you find going back to work? Uh, oh, well, it was a bit strange at first, but it was kind of, um, I had a lot of support, fortunately, you know, uh, it was in a very nice environment and uh, I was working with other volunteers and we were learning off each other. I'd never worked with um, Aboriginals before and uh, never really had much experience to yeah, an Indigenous population. So yeah, it was very it's quite challenging, but a steep learning curve. One wonderful life up in Darwin. Uh, really enjoyed it. It was great fun. I was there in May, so it was during the dry season. We had plenty of uh, time off to explore Litchfield National Park and Catherine and places like that. So well, it was all really, really good fun. Well, when we come back, I want to talk about early retirement or, or why you retired early. But you've chosen as a song today for the listeners, In Excess disappear why did you choose this particular song i had to have some australian music even though i'm english and uh, nxs has always been one of my favorite bands a very very good band um i would say probably one of the most successful australian bands ever very very sadly missed my michael hutchin they were a very very good band and, and had some wonderful songs and, and this is just one of them and of course they are local northern beaches boys mm. they many of them went to forest high and i believe that michael hutchins went to davidson so yeah. welcome back you're listening to 88.7 and 90.3 your community radio station To find out more, go to the website rnb.org.au. What a great song by Ina. Fantastic. Yeah. They're just, you know, makes you feel really alive and vibrant and, you know, makes you want to get up and down. I think a lot of Aussies know the words to these songs because we grew up on it. Steve, why did you retire early? I always thought I was going to retire when I was 50, actually. I mean, what is early? Well, for many of us, between 50 and 60, I guess, is considered early. I know a lot of Mm. teachers retire anywhere between 55 and 65, Mm. 55 and 60 being the two ages that many of them nominate. But for people like myself in the workforce, I'm 61 and I can't consider retiring right right now. Um, well, obviously, we've all got very different financial circumstances. Um, I'm lucky to have always worked in a pretty well-paid profession. and uh, But I did think about retirement quite early on and, and made the necessary, took the necessary steps to um, ensure that I, I would be able to afford it. You know, that's really a big lesson. It's never too early to start planning your retirement, certainly. You know, if you, if you start thinking about it when you're in your 20s, it's, it's a very good idea. And why did you consider, you know, the, your mid-50s to retire? Why was that an age that you considered a good time to retire? There were just so many other things I wanted to do, so many places I wanted to see. I had my own practice, which made it a little bit difficult to take extensive periods of time off um, and uh, therefore difficult to go on really long holidays and see the world, which is something I really, really always wanted to do. Well, from what I know, you've made up for that in the last few years. I, I certainly have. So how did you, when you're planning for retirement, plan or what did you plan to spend your time 
doing? Um, Travelling, I think, really, yeah. Uh, At that stage, I I knew I wanted to come back to living in Australia permanently. The latter part of my career, I was working in the UK. I'd worked here before quite a bit in Australia, and and I certainly wanted to come back here to live. Um, And I hadn't really figured out exactly beyond that, really. I just wanted to make the move back out here and uh, thought that things would take care of themselves and I would just suck it and see. The main thing was to actually sell my practice and just get out of the rat race and finish full-time work, which, which I'm still very glad that I did. Is going into, I'm going to call it early retirement, um, something that you, you know, feel is a, you know, do you, do you recommend it if you can? Yeah, I do, to everybody. Um, the longer you leave it, the more difficult it is to adjust. It, 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 you know, I, I, I do feel sorry for people who, well, I don't exactly feel sorry, but I do wonder um, how people cope when they, if they've worked, worked till they're, say, 65, and then they give up work altogether. The adjustment must be incredibly difficult because the older you get, the more difficult it is to, to make abrupt changes in your lifestyle. Mm, I think probably the thing that I've noticed is I work in a profession um, where some of my colleagues find it really, really difficult to think about retiring, retiring and sell their businesses and what are they going to do with their spare time. Mm. But not only is it financial planning that you need for retirement, whether it's early retirement or retirement in general, you need to have a plan. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it helps enormously if you've got good health because then that gives you options to do pretty much whatever you want, provided provided you've got sufficient funds. And an awful lot of things don't cost much, really, you know. Um, going out on long walks, going out on cycling trips and things like that, they, they needn't cost much if you don't want them to. So on average, people have like an eight-hour working day mm. plus their travel time in a lot of cases, which yeah. can be up to, say, 10 hours or more a day that they have to actually suddenly fill. And I think people think, some people say, oh, well, I can just sleep in and I can do this, but I think that that would wear off after a while, do you? No, oh, very much so. One of the things that I thought I was going to do was spend lots of time reading and, and really kind of uh, improve my knowledge of great, great literary works and start reading lots and lots of really intellectual books and things like that. But that never happened, unfortunately. But, you know, there's still time for that. And at the moment, I, I prefer to do active things and be out and about and, you know, just be outdoors and, and, and enjoying the world rather than being stuck at home with a book. But, um, you know, it's still something that I've got on the back burner, something that um, I, I really do enjoy reading. And, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you can take up an awful lot of time with that, can't you? Yeah, you sure can. And look, there are people out there, I'm sure, that can help yeah. those considering retirement other than financial planning, but to help them look at how am I going to fill my days? And there's so many things you can do, like non-for-profits and working for charities, going down and even helping out in soup kitchens. I have friends that go down to Manly every other week and spend the evening in the soup kitchen and helping to serve meals. There's things like Meals on Wheels. There's all sorts of interesting things you can, after you've had the right checks, you know, with police checks, etc., you can help others, older people, more yeah. elderly people, by driving them places to yes, appointments. Yes, indeed. Some, actually, on the, like that subject, I think some people are a bit put off by or re- retirement, um, sorry, volunteering by all these checks and um, <clears throat> so many things you have to go through and so much accreditation, even just to give your time voluntary, particularly if you're obviously working with vulnerable people or children or something like that. 
But there are other options as well which don't require all that. And just as an example, um, earlier this year, I spent a few months in Adelaide, took a complete rest from dentistry for a few months, and um, I, w- I was working one day a week in a um, with a project, a community bicycle workshop, which refurbishes donated bicycles, donates them to refugees and... Um, other people who haven't got any fun for some reason yeah. and that was really fascinating and I just walked in there and they said right start working right away there was no need for any accreditation or who are you or whatever so I think there are opportunities like that to, to lend a hand which which don't require a lot of paperwork or heap hoops to go through which can still be very very interesting and, and fulfilling. Well, I just wanted to say that recently I applied for my working with children um, certificate or clearance and there's an online process and you get a number and then you go down to a government office and you pay your $80. Yes. They say in the next two weeks you'll have that approval. Two hours. It was home in my email. Yes. And I think people realised how easy some of these processes are. It's not that hard. You know, they're such valuable, they're valuable clearances to have. So that you can help other people. But right now, you've chosen the song Shapeshifted as Lola's theme. Yeah. Uh, can you tell me Do you that? know this record, Karen? No, Karen? I don't. Reinventing I think, yourself. I, I'm I th- not. I think you'll recognize it very well as soon as you hear it because it's an amazingly big, popular uh, dance track from maybe, I guess, 10 years ago. Well, I'm curious because I don't remember it and I'm sure my memory will be jolted. Welcome back to 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. You are listening to Aging Fearlessly with Karen. Please go to Facebook and like the page Aging Fearlessly. So, Steve, tell me, that song, Reinventing Yourself. Mm, well, after you retire, I think whether you like it or not, you are going to be a different person. And uh, you need to somehow embrace that. You need to find it within yourself to, to change because things will change. Your life will change enormously. Well, a lot of people, their work is their identity. Indeed. And, you know, you were a dentist or I am such and such. What do you do for work? And you suddenly say, well, yeah, I'm retired. And people and you're, go, you're, oh. You're, you're a nobody. It's almost like you're invisible, <sighs> yeah? Indeed, yes. But not invisible. So you decided to return to work after you've retired. You're doing different types of work now and you've touched on the no gaps or the... the, not the filling the, the gaps. Filling the gaps. Filling the gaps. But you also do some work for the flying doctor. A friend of mine who is also based here in Sydney, um, she also was retired or about to retire and she found work in Western Australia. She wanted a bit of a change of, of scenery, a casual dentist with the Flying Doctor Service. Mm-hmm. And she very kindly got me a job with them. So uh, I've been spending quite a bit of time in various communities uh, in Outback WA. In fact, I was in Broome just a few weeks ago and that was very, very nice and off to Halls Creek shortly. So Where is Halls Creek? It's in the Kimberley. It's kind of between, it's probably about halfway between Darwin and Broome, I guess. So when you're with the flying doctors, you're actually flying in and out each day? Uh, flying in and out each week. So we're flying, we're normally based in Perth and we're fly in, fly out from there. Often we're using uh, mining flights. Sometimes we're just using commercial flights to big centres like Broome. Sometimes we get to fly in Cessnas for quite a long time. In fact, I've got a four-hour four, four hour journey in a, in a Cessna coming up later on this year. We're going to Warburton. Uh, it's really pretty much on the border of the Northern Territory and WA, so it's a long, long way from Perth. 
So what's the most remote place with the flying doctors that you've worked and what are the clinics like where you actually go to perform work? The clinics are usually pretty good. They're in Aboriginal medical centres, so they're well-funded and they're well-resourced. Yeah, so um, everything you need is there. And patients, they come. They know that there's a dentist in town? Yeah, and, and often they're being bussed in from communities a long way away. And Like in Warburton, they're um, the nearest dentists apart, apart from just the one person in Warburton, which will be me when I'm, when I'm there. Kalgoorlie, in one direction, is about 600k. Or Alice Springs, about uh, 1,000k in, in the other direction. So it's a long way from anywhere. The, there are many communities sort of two, 300 kilometres away, and they're bust in from there. Wow. Well, next, so it's very busy. Well, next time, when we come back after the next song, I'd like to talk about the other non-for-profit that you work for as well, because oh, yes. I know you, there's two that you primarily mm. work for, and, you know, how you came to be working with this one first this one as well but so the song cat people by oh. a very famous person yes david bowie well you know what a wonderful artist he was and he was a, a man who changed his persona many many times he embraced lots of different styles of music but they were always good i don't think he ever had a bad record he, he was enormously popular throughout the world and yet in some ways i uh, I don't really think he ever had quite the amount of admiration that, that was due to him. He was always slightly underrated, I think. Well, let's listen to this song. Okay. And you are listening to Radio Northern Beaches 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. Absolutely brilliant song, mm, Steve. Wonderful. In fact, one of his, I think, best records, but one that somehow doesn't seem to get much airtime on the radio, but a wonderful record. And of course, that was in collaboration with Giorgio Moroder, could say the father of electronic dance music. Um, one of the fantastic things about Barry was that he was willing and um, very capable of collaborating with com completely different uh, people throughout his career. And that's how he got his so many different influences and how his music kept on changing and, and, and but always being relevant. Expanding friendships and expanding people that we learn and do things with is a very important part of life, especially as we get older, because we, we often tend to, like bees to the honeypot, we, you know, stay with the same groups and not looking outside those groups. Hence, yeah. we, we limit things, how we can expand. Yeah. Would you agree? We need to get different inputs from different types of people. And do you find working in, you know, of all the time you're going to different communities and working with different dentists or different doctors, how does that um, other, change? Or other different people, yeah. And, and Australia is an amazingly diverse country and different areas, people think tend to think very differently and uh, does keep me on my toes up, up to a point. And what do you learn from some of these people? I mean, you've said you've had to learn new computer systems each time you go somewhere. And I, I do hear you sometimes stressing about, oh, I've got to go and I've got to learn and this this time and but you always come away with a, a positive vibe from what you're doing and falling in love with not only the towns that you're visiting and the communities you're helping but really yeah. enjoying the company of the people that you yeah. work with yes i've just come back yesterday just yesterday i arrived back in sydney from alice springs i had five weeks there after being in broome and uh, the contrast between broome and alice springs is, is an enormous one it really is and just people there and the way they live and what they do and how they think very very different yes and you worked in a very very large alice it was a community center but a, a, a big one yes that's you right. were saying like 12 
dental surgeries rooms? There, there were, yeah. Well, there's um, a lot of lot of demand for it in Alice Springs. It's a fair-sized town, and uh, there's an awful lot of um, people there who, who are suffering. So while you were in Alice, you weren't working for the Flying Doctor. Who no. were you, who uh, were that, you working that, for? That was... Um, an organisation called the Remote Area Health Corps, or RAR, which was set up really as part of the Northern Territory intervention, or certainly in the wake of that, where I think we're just celebrating the 10th anniversary of that, meant a lot. There was a big emphasis on recruiting uh, healthcare staff and other staff from urban centres and sending them into the Northern Territory to try and improve outcomes for the particularly the Indigenous population there. They go RAR goes to many different places, yeah? Yeah. I was um, with them in Groot Island uh, last year for three weeks, which was wonderful. Um, I really, really loved that. It's a, a place where a lot of people don't get, hardly anybody gets to go. Indeed, not many people even know where it is. But for those listening who may not know, uh, Groot Island is a, a large island. Groot Island is old Dutch for Great Island. In fact, it's, I think, the third or fourth largest Australian island, and it's in the Gulf of Carpentaria. Yes, well, you've talked about that place before, and I was like, oh, Groot Island, I-S-L-A-N-D. But no, it's when E-Y-L-A-N-D-T. I looked at it, E-Y-L-A-N-D-T. Which is the Dutch. Mm. And where are you telling me you're going? I've never heard of this island. And then I've looked it up and I've gone, oh my gosh, look at the spelling of this. It's completely mm. different. Tell me about some of the community, the work that you're doing in these communities. So are there any challenge, challenges that you face? And, you know, yeah. who are you mainly treating? It's mainly Aboriginals there. And uh, they have bad oral health, certainly. Uh, they've adopted a Western diet, unfortunately. and uh, But all the worst elements of the Western diet. Mean so soft drinks? Soft drinks are all too readily available there and they don't seem to drink water anymore. And they live off Coca-Cola. And I, oh, sorry, am I allowed to advertise? <laughs> that's, that's, that's a negative advertisement, really. And yeah, eat a lot of sweets, mm-hmm. eat a lot of bad things. And it's not just the health, uh, the dental health that suffers. Uh, a lot of them are suffering from diabetes and kidney failure at a very, very early age. Yeah, it's sad really, but it's great that, you know, they have the opportunity for, for good health care coming out there and, and hopefully they're taking advantage for themselves. Absolutely, they are, yeah. We, we keep very busy, certainly. Black Eyed Boy, Texas. Mm. Do I know this song? I, look, I, I must admit, I'm you a little must. bit challenged when sometimes with music. No, you'll recognise this as soon as you hear it. I must be familiar with Texas's work. Um, Maybe uh, by sound, not by name. Look, well, I, let, me, let me just say, uh, you know, one of these reasons why I included a record by Texas is that they were wonderful. I don't think they're still recording. I, I haven't heard any of their stuff for a long, long time. They did have a, a number of wonderful songs, made the records and then shut up. And they weren't kind of big celebrities or anything like that, or uh, you didn't get distracted by them being in gossip con like that. Okay, the, the singer was a little bit famous, Charlene Spiteri. I don't really even know the names of any of the others, and I don't suppose you do either. Welcome back to 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. You are listening to Aging Fearlessly with Karen. Please go to Facebook and like the page Aging Fearlessly. Black 
Black Eyed Boy by Texas. Mm, what a great record, eh? I do know it. Mm, wonderful tune. You wanted to dance then. I had to oh, tell you to de- sit in your seat. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, no dancing. I've seen you dance. Oh, God, it's pretty bad, I know. Yeah. It's terrible. It's out of time. Mm. Steve Desperado. I'm not talking about you here. Well. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible, isn't it? Oh. By the Eagles. Mm. One of my favourite bands. I do know this. Sure you do. It's one of the most popular karaoke songs of all time, isn't it? Welcome back. You're listening to Aging Fearlessly with Karen on 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. What a great song. Uh, that That's a really, you one, know. One, wonderful lyric. Very meaningful. And yeah. It's yeah. Cool. It's really fantastic. Steve, I asked you about a quote. Believe you can or believe you can't. Either way, you'll be right. Whose quote is it? That's from Henry Ford, I believe. And you like this quote. It's very true, isn't it? Uh, it is. If you believe in yourself, believe you can do something, you, you can. You really can. And I guess... In coming to retirement, people need to believe in themselves that they can reinvent the, themselves, mm. that they need to plan these things, correct? Yeah. And they need to look to step out of their comfort zone because they've been working all their lives. This is a change in direction yeah. and stepping out of your comfort zone. And I think that's another really important thing that people need to, to look at and to, to really plan. Yeah. You know, because it's not all about travel or some of it's about grandkids. It's about family. It's about giving back and yeah. finding things that enjoy you, yeah. uh, that, sorry, that you enjoy and even following your passions, yeah. getting involved in community, yeah. finding new friends, new relationships even. Because for some people, you know, they might find that in their later life, they are looking for new relationships yeah. and change of partners for all sorts of reasons. Yeah. And you've sometimes got to be prepared to take a, take a chance on new things. Planning is great and you must plan as much as you can, but you can't plan for everything. And sometimes situations are going to arise, opportunities are going to present themselves and you've just got to seize. That's for sure. And be prepared to take a chance. Yeah, because life, you know, life presents itself, as we say, with all sorts of things. And we can't always, we, none of us have a crystal ball, do no. we? And no, you don't indeed. know what's around the corner for you. So, but get out there and give it a go. Give so it a go like and, and be flexible and adapt. Somebody told me when I was quite young that getting what you want is easier than finding out what you want. I found that to be very, very true. Um, it's often taken me a long time in different situations to find out what I want to do or what I want to achieve. But once I have managed to find that, then actually doing it and achieving it has been relatively easy. You know, at the end of the day, when, you know, life comes to an end, what would you like to be remembered for? I'm not too bothered about posterity, really. <laughs> I'm more concerned about living as long and fulfilling a life as possible and just enjoying myself. Once I'm dead, I'm dead. Yeah, that's an interesting answer. And I think I'll cut that out. Okay, so um, what I really... We have one more song. And I'm just going to press the button on this and let you talk about this one later. Welcome back. You're listening to Aging Fearlessly with Karen on 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. I did you like that, Karen? I did. Good. I know that's one of your favourites. Well, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of upbeat, and it's uh, and it's a good message, isn't it? Really, you know, it's you, a great. Sometimes you 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 mustn't just be bogged down by what other people are thinking of you. You've got to go your own way. Yeah, exactly. Bobby Brown, he nailed it with that one. He didn't certainly he? did. Steve, I have to sort of wind you up now. It's been emotional. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Do you know? And fun. I hope that. 
what we've talked about today inspires people to plan their retirement, not just financially, that it makes them you know, think really about what it is they want to do because changing from being a working person to a retired person um, isn't the easiest thing in the world and that there's opportunities out there sometimes certainly are. that people have never dreamed of. Indeed. I mean, in your 30s, would you ever have thought that you were working for Flying Doctor no. and Remote Area Health Service in no. Outback Australia? No. When I first visited Alice Springs as a tourist in 1991, I never thought that... Uh, 26 years later, I'll be working there. <laughs> no. And seeing the world this way is amazing. Is. And you've put new meaning into retirement for me in particular and how you're managing your retirement. And I just see how happy you are in what you do and how fulfilling the work is that you're doing. So well done. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. So this is it for today's program. It's time to say cheerio to the wonderful Northern Beaches community. Join me next week for another episode of Aging Fearlessly. And now for a song written by Nick Howard, especially for the listeners. This is Karen Sander. Have a fantastic week. And remember, aging is inevitable and growing old is a choice.